when Deion Sanders speaks, Colorado listens. When Colorado speaks, the Big 12 is bound to listen. And we've got to kind of rank some of these Big 12 quarterbacks because everybody else has, or at least pick apart some of other people's ideas. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at Aldeo State. So I hope you all had a fine, wonderful Memorial Weekend. Today, we're brought to you by FanDuel which we're going to kind of get into some of the quarterback rankings that people have been putting out recently. And to help me do so, since we did have a, a fine Memorial Day, we, we missed our Big 12 Mafia Monday, so Mr. Nathan Bomber-Brown is back again today. Forrest, how are we doing, brother man? Uh, doing great, Cody. How you doing? Uh, thanks for your service, brother. You know what? I greatly appreciate it, and I'd be lying to you if I told you I was doing peachy keen today. Um, I just mentioned I'm, I'm – going back through round three of physical therapy and this round is not being kind on my body, but it is what it is. We're going to get through it. All right. So you've been hearing, well, actually, let me rewind. Some of us have been talking about Colorado and Arizona joining the big 12 for literally six months now. Right. Well, I almost feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but the news is the news and the popular topics are the popular topics. And right now the conversation is being had that Deion Sanders is involved, which you know good and down well is probably the case, just like it was the case when OU decided to go to the SEC. Lincoln Riley wasn't a big fan, right? He didn't agree with it at, at the time. He thought they should set themselves up better, and he bounced. Clearly, he's okay with the move to the Big Ten. Good for him. When people say that coaches have no bearing in any of these conversations, it's just it's not true, right? Because right, right now, whether we like, love it, or hate it, the, the Deion Sanders brand is bigger than Colorado's. Right. And they want to recruit Texas. They want to recruit the Southeast. And, you know, that's that he knows he knows where Colorado was great. And that was in the yep. uh, Big 12 and not in the Pac-12. Yeah. Colorado and Nebraska made a killing, you know, right. recruiting in Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana type of areas. And since their removal or whatever they, they left, I wish I actually, you know what? I want to get to that. Have you been seeing as much vitriol as I've been hearing? I'm not seeing a lot of it, but I'm seeing publications stating that Big 12 fans don't like this move, that there's a lot of Big 12 country that feels you know, spurned or scorned or whatever for Colorado leaving the first time. I don't get that. I don't buy that because when Colorado left last time, it was because of Texas, right? right? And the instability that it provided made, tech, made Colorado feel like the Big 12 – is just, you know, walking on, on, on a thin rope. So I, I don't blame Colorado for leaving at all. No, of course not. I And just like if, if Oklahoma State had an opportunity to go to a better conference, I would just as soon – they had, take every opportunity available to them too. Look, uh, 
uh, people right now are not real uh, trusting of each other, right? Especially in these conference conferences and realignment as it as it's handled. And there's not a lot of um, people backing each other up. So as far as I'm concerned, if if a school can do better by going to a different conference, more the merrier. I mean, I, I at this point, I don't think anything is stuck except for the Big Ten and the SEC. Now, I tell you, the biggest surprise to me in all this was I really thought Arizona would leave before Colorado. Right. It, it is kind of odd how, you know, Colorado did kind of stay in the background for a while, right? The four-corner conversations were happening, but everybody knows Arizona was the first school to, I guess, um, what, submit entry? For right, that's right. Soul. Yeah. And so I, I guess because of that, a lot of us, myself included, thought that Arizona would be the first foot to drop. If it's Colorado, so be it. I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. Once the dominoes begin to fall, it's like, you know, those dominoes that are laid up in sequence. They're just going to continue to to go down. Right. And we are going to talk later in the week, hopefully, with your buddy um, from um, the, the Holy Rivals, right? Yeah, Wild Ute. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to get some some Utah perspective on this. Right. Because, I, you know, a lot of people, it's not just me, a lot of people are having the conversation of whether Utah has put themselves in a position where they don't get an invite. So now right. I do think it's a very interesting conversation. And it's not, you know, I'm not wanting to be all, you know, stand on, on some sort of altar and pretend that Utah would not be beneficial to the Big 12. They would be massively beneficial. Like right. we mean you've already talked. I think the Holy War would re would replace Bedlam, right? Which is good for the conference. It's good for viewership. It's good for eyeballs. It's good for dollar bills. Right. But Utah has put themselves in a slightly precarious situation. So it will be interesting. So we'll save that Utah side of the conversation for a little bit later on. Okay. But whenever you do have these, these conversations, do you think that it's at all possible that the Pac-12 continues to be viable. And the biggest question I have there is, even if they stay together, ESPN is not doing so hot, right? Their right. Disney stuff is not, 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 not going very well. Yeah. So are they hurting for money? No, they're not. But are they in a financial situation where they have money to spend on extra stuff? Absolutely not. So to me, if I'm ESPN and I'm Fox, you do have to have the conversation in the meeting of, do Washington, do Oregon State, or Washington State, do Stanford, do Cal, do these teams add enough for us to even care about putting a package together? Now, I think that's part of this that people aren't taking into consideration. The conversation's always about Oregon, Washington. It's right. always about the four-corner schools. It's always about maybe Utah, maybe not Utah. But nobody's talking about the fact that you have schools in the conference that provide nothing. Right. Yeah, and I don't know what, what those schools are going to do. It's going to be ugly when this finally blows up. Probably by the end of the month, um, we'll have something, uh, I think. Uh, if if something gets cobbled together, I don't think it's strong. Uh, I think the conference is only two or three years down the road when they just are defunct. But um, at this point, I just want what's best for the BYU and the Big 12. And in my opinion, I think that's the four corners with us but who knows right i mean they might yeah, make some yeah. decision that says they don't want to do that and that's on them right no i i agree completely so you mentioned byu um and let's go ahead because i don't know that i'm a big believer in your quarterback situation so maybe you can talk some sense into me right, right. but before we do so i do have to let the fine people out here know that fanduel is the place that you need to be 
for any type of betting scenario that, that you're looking into. Like we've already talked, right? Hammer the over on Oklahoma State. I think you could hammer the over on a few teams in the Big 12. But right now, right, you can get hooked up with this last round, last few rounds of NBA playoffs with a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 or $2,500 back. Sorry. I know the words are hard for me. I apologize. So if you go ahead and get that, $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you can thank me later. There's no better place to bet. It is America's number one sports book partner for a reason. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your hands on this no sweat first bet. Again, we've upped the ante here. It's $2,500 now instead of the $1,000 at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there now to get yourself hooked up and tell me about your experience. FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Hi, right, buddy. So um, I sent you an article from the Sporting News who's recently put out some of their publications in regards to who they deem to be the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. Right? We right. were going to do our own ranking, which we can do at some point in time, but this came up, and I decided that it was probably best to tear this apart because when you start at number one, um, I, I, I just <laughs> – I don't get it. Like, okay, OU is ranked number one, according to sportingnews.com, and quarterbacks for 2023 in the Big 12. Uh, help me understand this, man. Dylan Gabriel, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Right. But is the he best, the best in the conference? In the Big 12? <laughs> I <laughs> no. don't think so. No, I, I would put Quinn Ewers higher than Dylan. Um, Agreed. And I, I think Dylan's probably top five. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, Jalen Daniels is a stud, right? He 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 could easily have a breakout year and be drafted this next year. So 100 um, percent. Yeah, I, I thought I saw that list and I was like, wait a second. You got to be kidding me. They've got him at the very top. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. He had a mediocre year last year. I mean, it was it was OK, but there's certainly nothing to write home about. So I don't and know. You know- I'm aware that Dylan Gabriel is partially responsible for them hanging in games, but I mean, dude, there was games that he was just throwing the ball all over the place, like not even close to wide receivers, not, not even within seven yards. And you know, you're going to have a miss every now and again, right? That happens. But he seemed to, in my opinion, miss fairly consistency. So the reason that they're number one, my guess is they're buying a bunch of stock in Jackson Arnold, the true freshman, you know, being the heir apparent, which is fine. But I'm always cautious, at least to some degree, about ranking a 17, 18-year-old kid as somebody who's going to be, you know, the heir apparent to whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, And you mentioned, so I I think Jalen Daniels is the best quarterback in the Big 12 returning, right? I, I don't think that's a massive question. Quinn Ewers, I would put right there. I would not put Dylan Gabriel in the same conversation right now as Jalen Daniels and Quinn Ewers. Right. I would, however, see, I'm going to throw a mix in here. This article is absolutely ridiculous to some degree because they put Texas as number two. So we, we've both discussed our affinity for Quinn Ewers. He's had some time. He learned some stuff at Ohio State. He had a year in the system last year with Texas, and right. he showed some brilliance, right? The complete opposite of Dylan Gabriel. I don't recall very often seeing Quinn Ewers miss a guy by eight flipping yards. 
No, if 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 he had been that good, he would have stuck at the schools he was at before, right? I mean, it, he he came to Oklahoma because they lost Williams to USC. They needed to bring in somebody that had started some games, um, and he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. Give me a break, but well, and I, Spencer I just, Rattler be, was Spencer Rattler yeah. was a massive asshat the day OU recruited him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's no is. no doubt, and and we'll see how he does this year in South Carolina. So. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have number one. Right? I don't think I it's wouldn't. a talent thing with Spencer Rattler. I think it's all upstairs, right? But right. it's been that way since that stupid TV show. Yeah, like, right. I, when, I remember watching that, right? And and my wife was raised an OU fan. She's an O-State fan 364 days of the year. But okay. Bedlam football, she will she'll, we, she will cheer on OU. So we, uh, we go to different places. We sleep at different houses for that game. It is what it is. But... I remember watching that. Even she was like, "How is he coming to OU? How does how does Lincoln Riley think that that's a good good character to have on campus?" Right. So it never yeah, makes I don't sense know. From the get I don't know. Well, good luck to him in Southcat. It is what it is. But <laughs> back to this article. So they they put Texas as number two, which I don't agree with. I would personally put Texas as number one. But they they mentioned the backup being Arch Manning. He's not the backup. No, Malik Murphy is the backup, and yeah, that's he did not reason. play well. Manny did not play well this spring game at all. Right, the, the, the reason that I put Texas number one isn't just because of Quinn Ewers; it's because right. I believe Malik Murphy and somebody else we're about to talk to or talk about are the best up and coming quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. I would put Malik Murphy as the number two most up and coming quarterback in the Big Twelve. Personally, that's why I would put Texas number one. Okay. Um, and then they have KU here as number three. I don't disagree with that. I think I would probably – I'm cool with KU being at – you know what? No, I'm not. I would pump KU to two. I really, really would. I really would because Jalen Daniels is a certified star. Yes, yeah. we got that. But Jason Bean was beyond serviceable whenever he's in the game. Matter of fact, from an athletic standpoint, you have to account for Jason Bean – even more so than Jalen Daniels. Jason Bean is a bigger threat to run than Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels will run. Jalen Daniels can run. But Jason Bean's the dude that has a 4 four four forty. I didn't know that. I've never seen him play. So dude. that that that's news to me. But I yeah. believe you. <laughs> no, Jason Bean is is it's impressive. Jason Bean. I don't know that he necessarily start at a bunch of Big Twelve schools. Right. But there are some Big Twelve. I think he would go to Iowa State right now and beat out Hunter Deckers. I would put it. I would feel very strongly about that yeah i think hunter deckers is overrated okay so let's keep going let's see they got they got k-state here at four right i don't mind this but no i mean they played well last year how could you i mean they won the the league dude i mean will Will howard k-state's been good about putting stuff out they've got a quarterback that is squatting like 550 and benching 380 or something. Will Howard oh, is an absolute mountain of a man. Yeah. Like he, she, he, he could probably go to the other side of the ball and legitimately, you know, do some things. <laughs> okay. Like I just, I've never heard of a quarterback lifting that kind of way. No, not normally. on a consistent basis. I'm like, dude, no, that's a, he's a Mack truck. Yeah. Now okay. where I might have some problem here, is Jake Rubley hasn't looked great when he does get in, right? He didn't necessarily look great in the spring game from what I've been from what I've been told. So I have a, I don't have a hard time rating 
Will Howard this high, but it's the backup situation to me at K-State that could get a little sketchy, but you got to remember, everybody in Manhattan, Kansas, wanted Will Howard gone two years ago. Dude, they're the and K-State will, fans will admit to this, they had a bunch of groups and stuff trying to get Will Howard to leave. They were trying, they were trying to convince him to leave K-State because they thought he was a waste of a roster spot. Wow. Okay. Yes. So Will Howard was viewed as not very good by every K-State fan in America until last year. Yeah, and well, they played well last year, so. He played I, I beyond well. Yeah, they need from, to let him have it. Talk about going from the bottom of the pile to the top of the heat, man. Right. And, and right. you know what? I think that actually is a good case study why a lot of people, that you shouldn't have the transfer market the way it is. Right. You can develop. You can go from being a scab to a potential all Big Twelver. We've but people we, we just, just don't want to. They just don't want to ride the bench, though, right? They want to. They want to play right away. They don't. Yeah. They're not being patient. They want to be in the big games and uh, getting the ball. So that's going to be tough moving forward for the next 10, 20 years as nil and and the open free transfers is pretty tough. Yep. Well, you know, they're trying at least to some degree, I, I think, about, you know, the, the second transfer, you got to sit out rule. Right. They're still working it. Hopefully it does get, you know, instituted 100% because I think that's the only way that you combat some of this stuff. Because, right. what well, you know, the numbers came out last year. I can't remember exactly what it was, but at one point in time, right, there was like 3,800 um, transfers in the market. And only like 930 of them landed at another D1 school. Oh, is that right? Like That's mathematically speaking, it's not good. So a lot of people yeah, are transferring and going to a lesser school. And sometimes that's not the idea, right? Some of these guys right. transfer thinking they're going to you know, get all the, the praise in the world and it just doesn't happen. So on top of that, you know, if you put some constraints on the second transfer, well, I think that would be good for the game. All right, we'll move on here. We'll break into the top five. This I don't agree with at all whatsoever. Hopefully some UCF fans can let me have it, but I do not buy stock in John Rice Plumley. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that. That's the very first thing that jumped out at me besides Oklahoma being number one is I don't know how you have UCF's conditions at number five. I think that's okay. crazy. I don't. I, I don't I, I don't I don't even know. At the end of the day, you, you have to judge them against the competition. And at the end of the day, this year, it, it, let's talk next year. And then we can say if he plays that well, then he can be in the top five. But that, I think yeah. that's a crazy ranking. Well, you know, he left Ole Miss um, with some something to be desired, right? I get that he right. put up like 2,600 passing yards and he had almost 900 rushing yards. And I understand that Gus Malzahn is probably a good fit for the guy. But right. to put him fifth here, to me, is absolute, absolutely preposterous. And then you, if you're looking at depth, the backup, they stole from their uh, rival South Florida. I mean, he did That's play right. pretty good, but he played for South Florida. And it is what it is. So I, yeah. just, I, don't, I don't buy them at five, man. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. No, not at all. Um, all right. Oh, here we go. So Texas Tech, the Reckham Tech Raiders. They're at six here. And I think that is way too low. I would put Texas Tech at third. Really? Okay. Yes, sir. Sell me that. Sell me Texas Tech is third. So Tyler Shuck showed brilliance 
at times right. at Oregon, right? He also showed that he was a freshman. Well, now he's coming into his sixth year, and he's had two years where he sat out due to injury. Okay. So a lot of people in Lubbock, they know how good Tyler Shook can be, right? And, dude, he's prototypical, six foot five, 225 pounds. And when he does play, he's 9-0 and as a starter in the last two years. 9-0. and Well, that's pretty good. And, again, it's just been shoulder injury, collarbone injury, ankle injury. So the, the test remains, can this year's Tyler Shuck be healthy? If he, if he is, I definitely have him up that high. But here's where it gets even better for me, buddy. You know how I said I would put Texas as number one? Because right. Quinn Ewers is good. And Malik Murphy, I think, is a certified dude. Baron Morton is my number one up-and-coming quarterback in all of the Big 12, and it's not that close. Is he starting by the end of the year? Uh, ooh, ooh. You would throw something hard at me. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's hard as much as can can Tyler stay healthy. Well, if, Tyler, if Tyler's not healthy, then absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Here's what I do think. Yeah. I do think regardless of the gauntlet of the Big 12, Baron Morton will get snaps this year. Whether okay. it's a packaging thing, whether it's a Tyler Shuck's hurt thing or not performing well, I don't know. But Baron Morton is the absolute fripping, fripping, fracking truth to me, man. Okay. Baron Morton is the closest thing I've seen on film since, and I don't even want to throw the comparison in there because it's another tech, but dude, he does a lot of Patrick Mahomes stuff off script that you cannot write. Uh, that's you can't teach that stuff. So and Baron Morton was a very successful baseball player, which typically translates pretty well to it that does. style of play. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm a big believer Shuck in two healthy, sport athletes. I do think Texas Tech will contend for at least making things interesting uh, as a in the Big Twelve title race. I really do. Okay. And if Tyler Shuck goes down, I'm even buying more stock in Tech because I'm that big of a believer in <laughs> Baron Morton. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to playing them. I'll, I'll tell you that. All these games I can't wait for. Well, and we, we I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say this because this is true. We luckily do not play them this year, and I'm happy okay. for it. Okay. I think Tech's going to be dangerous, man. They're going to lose some games. They shouldn't. It just, right. It's going to happen. But that's but Tech. <laughs> they're also going to be in some games that people don't think they should either. Okay. I, I'm right, looking forward to playing Texas Tech. I, I think that it's going to be one of the better games BYU plays this year. I'm excited for it. All right, now yeah. we'll go to seven, uh, Baylor. This is another one where, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not I, – I don't know a lot here. I haven't watched the film on the backups, so I would be giving a somewhat uneducated guess by weighing in on Baylor. But I will say this. Blake Chapin has shown flashes of being the guy. Flashes. He's also shown flashes of being very, very inconsistent. Yes, and I don't know so. enough about their backups to feel this confident, right? I understand the the, the Sawyer guy come from Mississippi State, but I yeah, I just I don't know, man. I don't I, know a lot. Baylor you could guys win. have played Baylor twice this last couple of years. Maybe you can right. help me. Right, I like Baylor. I've always liked them. I think they're a fun uh, program to play against, and they're always in games. Um, but they underachieved last year. So uh, I think this year they could go anywhere from they could be fourth in the league all the way down to ninth or tenth. Yep. That I think they're that's that's well, and for that matter, that's not being kind to Baylor because that could be any number of schools in the entire conference could be anywhere from mm -hmm. four to ten. So um, anyway, 
you know, I'm so I'm not buying a lot of stock at Baylor being number seven there. Okay, I'm not, right. but I'm dang sure not buying any stock and who they have as eight. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Iowa uh, State. What? Yeah, that's not. What has Hunter Decker's done since he left high school? That leads know. anybody in the country to believe that he can come anywhere near close to what Brock Birdie was able to accomplish. And if he's eighth on this list, people think people think you know he can, he can get it done. To me, it's same as the Dylan Gabriel, right? I see the talent. I understand the dude did throw for 3,000 yards. I get that. But he also had like almost 15 picks, 14 yeah. picks. Iowa State is way underperformed. Iowa State's underperformed for years now. And he went 0-4 against ranked teams last season, and it wasn't all that graceful. I just – I don't see it. I don't get it. I know they're very high on Rocco Beck, the true freshman, but it's the same conversation that West Virginia had last year year about Nico Markio, which we'll get to in a minute. Okay. All right, here we go. TCU at 9. I'm I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this because – Jalen Morris beat out Max Duggan last year. Jalen Morris was clearly better than Max Duggan last year coming into the season. And if Jalen Morris doesn't get hurt on like the third play of the first game of the season, nobody in the country knows who Max Duggan is. Okay. I, and I didn't, I didn't know who Chandler Morris was. So I'm listening to what you're saying and feedback. If you imagine if they would have had a more athletic quarterback, how they would have done against Georgia. Well, you know, Max Duggan know, was a Morris, major I mean, fallback. He's a little of a journeyman, right? He went to OU. He was a backup to uh, Jalen yeah. Hurts, and um, yeah, it just it 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 was supposed to be his year last year. But by the time he got healthy, you know, Max Duggan was cruising, and they're like, well, right. never mind, never mind. We've got another backup quarterback. So this is his fourth year playing not only big boy football but big boy Big Twelve football. Yeah, I just I, I think uh I think I think TCU is gonna be better than people think. I know a lot of people are expecting this massive hangover. I don't I, see a massive hangover. I no I, I do think, you know, I, I do think them winning eight, nine games is very, very plausible. I think they have the possibility of potentially winning ten. Well, last year last year they they were they were up against they they had a great recruiting class that Sonny Dykes came in and took and had yep. That had taken them to wins, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of those people graduated or left the program. So I don't know how well TCU is going to do this year. I really don't. I would love to. I'm at TCU. I like TCU. I've always liked the school. Um, I don't know how they're going to be this year, honestly. I think a lot All of right. people are thinking the same thing about them, actually. <laughs> I'm sure you're ready for this one. Uh, yeah. 10 on yeah. their list. Your BYU Cougs. Yeah, so BYU's quarterbacks, uh, Keaton plays at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh last year, and then before that he was at USC, had some injury his, uh, issues. Um, Jake Ratzloff was the junior quarterback or, or junior college quarterback of the year, uh, comes in as a junior. Um, I don't know what we're going to get from BYU this year. You've seen these win totals have just been all over the place from three to eight. I, I can't figure out what it, people are seeing. Um, so this year's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, but I actually like Keaton Slovis. I wanted him to come to BYU. I I was out there being one of the guys that was trying to help with his recruitment. Um, so I I think he, he could have a good year this year, actually. Um, would I put him at 10? No, but would I put him higher than maybe six? No, I wouldn't do that either. Okay. 
I dig it. Yeah, I'm just, dude, um, I, I remember watching Keaton Slovis at USC, and I was like, okay, pretty pretty cool. And then I remember watching him at Pitt, and I was like, nope, not not cool at all. Yeah, he struggled last year for sure. And, and part of that was his receiver, Addison, went to USC. So the guy he came in to play ball with, he actually tra- transferred out before they took a snap together. So <laughs> Go figure that one. Yeah, right. All right, buddy. Um, we'll jump down to another uh, new member of the Big 12. Right below you is the Cincinnati Bearcats. I like Emory Jones. I like Emory Jones a lot. I, I really do. I mean, I'm partial because we watched uh, we watched him last year because we played uh, Arizona State, obviously. Okay. And you could tell, though, you could tell that Emory Jones was the best player on the entire offensive field. You know what I mean? Okay. So he was kind of trying to do a lot for Arizona State all by himself. And as we all know, Arizona State was in a terrible position from a coaching staff. Like everything was just a hodgepodge of crazy yeah, nightmare last State. year. Yeah. It was so bad. he walked into madness. Obviously, you know, it, it didn't exactly work out for him. Um, and then another one of these things where if you look at the backup, you're like, oh, okay, they're very, very, very high on Evan Prater. And I was able to watch Air, uh, Evan Prater's film. It's a little bit dis- difficult to dissect, in my opinion, right? Some of the yeah. clips. But one thing that definitely stands out is there's a reason he was a four-star prospect. He's really good about looking off the safeties and manipulating the, the defensive backs with his hips and his head and his hands, right? He's good yeah. at looking off. He's good at, at, at going deep. He's got a really good feel for his out route, the little pivot routes, things of that nature. But the middle of the field seemed like it was – a little wide open to him, and I think it yeah. was potentially the degree of difficulty he was going up against. So that that seems like to be a little bit of a, a misnomer out there. But Ben Bryant's gone. I believe in Emory Jones, and from what I've seen from Evan Prater, I think he's going to be a pretty daggone good uh, get for Cincinnati as time comes. Cincinnati being 11 out of 14, though, I don't know. I, I think Cincinnati could be worse of the new four schools coming in. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they could I, really struggle this year. I agree, but I think they're okay at quarterback. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, number twelve. I'm, I might have something to say about this. Um, this, okay. this, this. I saw this number. I'm like twelve. <laughs> what is going on, Cody? <laughs> you know, man, it's it's pretty wild. I, I I think it's absolutely ridiculous to have us down this low. But again, right. I'm partial. Um, I understand that a lot of people aren't privy to some of the film and stuff that is available. So I get it, right? You're banking on Alan Bowman being the guy, the guy who lit it up at Texas Tech, got hurt, went to Michigan, got, you know, pushed down the depth chart. Now he's at Oklahoma State. Now the spring, I've covered it a hundred times, so I'll just breeze through it. He does at times look like Drew Brees, but then it also, there's times he looks like Spencer Sanders, which means he drops dimes that nobody else on the roster can do, but then he'll throw back-to-back picks right afterwards, which is not what we're looking for. No, Mr. Consistent is Garrett Rangel, but people think that this season's Garrett Rangel is the same as last season's Garrett Rangel. When I have a good on, on a good authority, the dude increased his 40 time by an entire tenth of a second, and he gained almost 17 pounds in the offseason, and that was the problem with him last season. Right. And then everyone wants to throw shade at Gunnar Gundy, but I'm telling you, Gunnar Gundy's better than people realize. Okay. So we'll, we'll leave that one be. I think it's ridiculous. I would definitely put us higher, not a lot higher. You know what I mean? I would put us right. around the, the, the nine, 10 range. I think that's fair. Okay. But, but 12 is a little bit ridiculous. Okay. And then we'll move on to Houston. 
this is where I'm confused because I was pretty high on Houston. I was very high on Donovan Smith, right? They got one of our better, well, our best freshman receiver out of the deal. So I thought they were going to have a really good year, but he is in a battle still with Lucas Coley. And to me, neither neither one of them has any starts. Well, Donovan Smith started quite a few games for Tech. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but you know, it's, it's comparable to the Tyler Shuck situation. He could, he was always, he could never beat out Tyler Shuck. So he was never as good as Tyler Shuck, but when Tyler Shuck would get hurt, Donovan Smith would come in and he won, he won quite a few games. Okay. Um, but you know, I thought because of that, and he's the Dana Hogerson type of dude, right? The system fits him perfectly. But to hear that Lucas Coley, the Arkansas transfer is still, they're neck and neck. To me, I don't know if that's an indication that Lucas Coley is actually pretty doggone good or if it's an indication that maybe some of us pumped Donovan Smith a little bit higher than we should have. I don't I right. don't know the answer there. So I would uh, I would definitely put Houston down here. Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I I don't think I don't think you do anything different with Houston, Cincinnati or West Virginia. And and, and I you know uh, what? I, agree. I agree but West Virginia and and we'll we'll get off of this and be done here but West Virginia is perplexing to me because I watched their spring game. I actually watched it twice. Okay. Um, because I wanted to get a good read. And Garrett Green has progressed better than people are going to give him credit for. Okay. I don't know that that equals more wins for West Virginia. Um, Nico Markiel, I was very high on him coming out. Right. I understood. I understood why West Virginians were insanely excited about him. But if you watch the spring game, they clearly have some issues on the offensive line and making that adjustment from Garrett Green to Nico Markiel. They both have a similar style, but for anybody who says the switch up from right-handed to left-handed is super simple, it's not. Right. It's not, right? Half of the game of football or any sport is muscle memory. That's typically why people are good when they get to this age. It's because they've had thousands and thousands and thousands of snaps, right? Right. From flag football all the way up. Right. And, you know, from that perspective, in and of itself, I'm I'm buying a little bit, a little bit of stock in these guys, even though you did see in the spring game, it just it looked a little wonky when they would put Nico in. I don't I'm not out on Nico Markiel. I still think Nico Markiel is going to be a good quarterback in the Big 12 or somewhere else. I don't know. But I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good get for West Virginia. I just don't know that the offense is conducive of what they're currently trying to do which is manipulate everything. And what I noticed in the spring, maybe it's just a spring game, but they weren't having their linemen shift sides either. Does that make oh, sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. Yes. So I don't know if it was that they're trying to get them to learn um, each side uh, equally. And if so, that may be a brilliant idea, but in the spring game, at least it, it didn't help Nico Markio. Garrett Green looked pretty good. Garrett Green did look pretty good. Uh, Nico Markiel, not not so much, but I'm not completely out. I'm not completely out on on Nico Markiel. How many games do they have to win to keep Neil Neil Brown's job? Well, if if last season's any indication, like uh, four. <laughs> but can he keep according it? According to West Virginia games? people, uh, well, most West Virginia fans, and and I've had the the, the privilege of having Justin on here, Coos. Right. And we talked on and off air. He's pretty confident that if they don't get at least at least seven, um, he's gone. Okay. Which to me is surprising because I thought he should have been gone last year. Yeah, I think everybody did. Everybody thought. And that. honestly, man, maybe yeah. if if we don't screw the pooch last game of the season and let them beat us, 
Maybe he don't have a job. Who knows? Right. Well, we'll find out. I mean, when you get down to the bottom end of this list, you're dealing with a lot of schools that are either new to the conference, you're not sure what you're going to get, or you've got players that have transferred two or three times between schools. If they were that good, why didn't they stay at the school they were at? So, yeah, I think we'll just have to see where let's well, let's do this great at the midseason and see where hey, they turn I like out. It. I like it. Yeah. I dig it. All right, buddy. So what is your overarching view from this? Like, if I think you were to put I think the league's going to be strong at quarterback. I, I, I think that overall, top to bottom, we're probably right right behind the big 10 for top to bottom competition. I think uh, the, the actually it's the PAC 12 as a, the best quarterback group in all the college football between all the schools, there's 10 schools and six of them are being talked about of being drafted in the first three rounds. So that that's pretty good. So it, it, if we're right behind the PAC 12 and, and we have six or seven uh, quarterbacks and end up going to the league next year, then they did a good job. I, I don't know, though. We'll, we'll have to get into the season and find out where we're at. Okay. You know what, man? That's, um, I, you know, I'll take I'll take that take on, on Pac-12. I don't like being behind the Pac-12 in anything, but right, you know, it is right. what it is. I agree. We'll do a mid-season review of QBs, and, and we'll kind of see how everything stacks up, brother man. That sounds great. Hey, buddy. I want to thank you very, very much for your time. I know Monday was was a little bit wild, and it was a holiday. And, right. And, and I yeah. know you're busy today as well, so I do greatly appreciate you squeezing this in. We got to give the people what they want, man. I love it. I, I'm always glad to sit down with you, Cody, and we'll see you on Saturday. And then, uh, and then we'll be back here on Monday for Big 12 Mafia Monday next week. I love it. All right, buddy. All right. I appreciate okay. you. Thank you very much, everybody. Go follow. Matter of fact, why don't you just plug? How does everybody get a hold of you? How do they watch your stuff, man? All right. So we're uh, Big 12 Mafia. We have a YouTube channel. Just Google us and we should pop up. We have two or three shows a week um, on top of the channel that we're running for uh, BYU-Utah, The Holy War, which is The Holy Rivals. So um, follow, us, follow us on both of those. And uh, we love Big 12. So let's keep it going. Awesome, brother. Thank you very, very much, buddy. I greatly you appreciate bet. it. You can go get your busy day done. Okay. All right. Peace. All right, boss. Later. Well, guys, we, we've broken it down. Um, let me know what you think down in the comments section. What was what you gathered from all of this, your overarching view. And let me know personally if you guys think that I maybe overshot or undershot on some of these teams. Any boo. That's all we got for this one. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Later.